Everybody and welcome to another episode of The List, a little later than usual, and we will get into that in a second. As always, my name is Brett. On the other end of the tin can and string is Jordan. Jordan, how was your week? Oh, my week was long. It's nice. Next week, I get a full week off, so I'm always looking forward to that. Um, but how come every time we seem to have technical issues, um, it happens to revolve around having a different producer producing this show? Yep, absolutely. Of course, we have Joe producing this week. Uh, it is not his fault, the technical issues this time. Just to give a little behind-the-scenes, Zach was out of town this week on business. I was going to produce like we did last time. Uh, but the uh, software we used, there was an update, but there's also an update to my computer. And every time I would record something, it would sound fine without the headphones. Like if you listened without the headphones, did the listen back, the uh, playback. But as soon as you put headphones on, it was the worst echo you ever heard. Had multiple people check it, couldn't figure it out. And I figured it was better to wait till we could get an actual third party producer than me sounding like I'm underwater. Uh, so we have a later Friday episode of the list, but we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, and as always, our second episode of the week is our picks. Uh, Jordan, just to give an update, and this is from Mr. S, I am 65 and 35 overall, and you are 60 and 40. So it's close. Um, But yeah, it looks like last week uh, for college, we both went four and one. I got the Miami game wrong. Uh, You got your wild card wrong. And then in the pros, I went two and three and you went one and four. So the pros was not our best last week. Yeah, last week was a weird week. There were a lot of one score games. There were a lot of close games. Um, but last week, I, I it was a weird week. Like I think I said on Monday, uh, I think it was 10 one score games and five game winning field goals. Yeah, and then it ended up being a six because Buffalo, <laughs> Denver kicked a game-winning field goal right after we were done recording. So six game-winning field goals, 11 one-score games. That's, yeah. If, if this week can mirror last week, it's going to be a crazy week. Yep, absolutely. So we're going to go right in to our college picks. Jordan, I was looking at the schedule, and I don't want to say it's a bad week for college football. In some ways it is because next week is the big weekend for everything. But there were a lot of weird games this week, and it was kind of tough to to pick the games, the slate we were going to pick. Yeah, it feels almost like a, a Pac-12 playoff week, um, this obviously being the last season of the conference being the way it's been. So this is kind of like a farewell tour for the Pac-12. Um, and it, it's there are a, a number of good games, but at the same time, I mean, I think the anticipation for next week um, is is building. Yeah, and I actually do, when we get down to this game, I do kind of want to talk to you back about the Pac-12 or uh, going forward the Pac-2 because there was some interesting news that came out this week. Um, 
though it's going to I think it's going to be something that if you didn't hear if you've already heard it's going to be kind of funny to talk about but like you said we're going to go right in the Pac-12 first game I have on this slate is uh Utah versus Arizona so I didn't realize Arizona was having as good as the good of a year as they are I believe they're 7 and 3 um haven't paid attention to them uh, Jed Fish journeyman coach he's been at Michigan UCLA Missouri Minnesota with the Miami Hurricanes. He's been in the pros for a couple teams too, I believe. Uh, always seems to be a guy who's a good quarterback coach, would get up to offensive coordinator, would look good in one place, would then leave because he thinks it would be better to help him get a head coaching job and just never got that job. And I know the first couple years at Arizona was were rough, but yeah, he's got them bowl eligible this year. The first game I really noticed was when they almost beat uh, USC, only lost in overtime. But good year for them. Noah Fafita, their quarterback's having six, great year. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, now, all their receiving touchdowns basically come from two guys. And they have 18 receiving touchdowns between Tataroa McMillan and Jacob Cowing. Uh, Utah, we've talked a lot about recently because they. it seems like they've been in big games every week for like a month. Um, Thought they were going to come back and beat Washington last week. That was a tough game. They did get blown out not too long ago by Oregon. But I think they're starting to figure stuff out. And they always do have a tough defense. So, Jordan, I actually am picking Utah to beat Arizona. But a very impressive year from Arizona. And I'm actually wondering if uh, Jed Fish might be a candidate for some of these bigger Power 5 jobs that are opening up. Yeah, so, I mean, you alluded to Utah feeling like they're in a big game every week. I mean, that's how it goes when you have five teams in the top 22 uh, coming out of the Pac-12, and that's not even counting uh, USC, UCLA, or Colorado, who are all um, storied teams this year. Uh, For me, when it comes to Arizona, um, they're, they're playing really well at home. Um, and I think that's true for most of the Pac-12 teams. I think they play well at home. Um, I look for this game to be low scoring, um, but the games Utah has lost, um, if you look at Utah's schedule, um, you take the Washington game, you take the Oregon game, you take the Oregon State game. Um, the games they lost, uh, the teams were able to score and make one or two stops. Um, Arizona, or Utah really is missing Cameron Rising this year. Um, they've had a number of injuries on their team, but I think that's obviously the one you can point to um, and say they're missing the most. Um, I'm going to take Arizona to win this game. I think Arizona, um, Utah kind of, yeah, they always have a lot to play for, um, but this is a big signature win for this Arizona season. Um, they have Arizona State, obviously, next week in the rivalry game, um, but this is their chance to cement, um, finish the season with six straight wins, um, after starting three and three and really giving Arizona football momentum after they feel like I feel like they haven't had it for a very long time. Um, so I'll pick Arizona to win a close game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned uh, rising. Do you think if he, uh, he was healthy this year, even next year, do you think Utah could be one of those teams that could be the dark horse for, well, next year's the extended playoffs, but do you think they'll be one of those teams that uh, we're going to be looking at saying, do not be surprised if they make a run in the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, really, there are three losses. I mean, at Washington, Oregon, and at Oregon State. I mean, so you look at those, 
Um, Utah could definitely be a team, uh, especially if Cameron Rising is back and healthy, um, that you can see catapult. And they're a team that's going to benefit a lot uh, from the extended playoff. It feels like every year they end up right on that cusp, uh, right in that 7 through 12 range. Um, I think next year they're going to definitely – they can't be worse, I don't think, than they were this year. Um, But I think, if anything, their offense is going to look a lot better. Yeah, no, I don't I think it's going to help them this week, though. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Um, but onto a game, I feel like again we got bullied into picking by our fans and Discord members. Is the hurricane? I believe it's the Hurricanes in Louisville. Um, I sh- I'm a little salty, Jordan, because last week I picked the Hurricanes to win, and. They almost did. Like I didn't think Emory Brown looked the greatest, but he showed heart. Uh, that's the quarterback's name, Emory Brown, or is it Emory Johnson? Emory Jones. Or Emory Jones. Jones. Um, he showed heart until like he went oh, no, down. Emory Williams. Emory Williams. I'm sorry. Emory Williams. Emory Jones is the guy uh, that used to play for the Gators. That's now it's yeah. That's, that's right. Um, but he showed heart. Really sucks that he got a serious injury diving to convert to convert a fourth down play late in that game because uh, then TVD had to come back in and couple two big completions then an interception fortunately he's broken I don't think he's I, I think we can all agree he's kind of not the answer for the Hurricanes he's gone after this year and I think that's a big thing for them on the other hand Louisville a couple years ago when they had an opening Sound like they were going after the prodigal son, Brian, uh, Brian Brom, Jeff Brom, uh, and Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom's the head coach. Brian Brom's the offensive coordinator. Both were starting quarterbacks at Louisville. Um, but Brian, uh, Jeff Brom decided it was too early at that point to leave Purdue. He felt he had more. He felt he had work to do there and to develop as a head coach. So they went after uh, Scott Satterfield, who left this year for Cincinnati. And Brom, Jeff Brom, decided that it was time to come back. And he brought Brian as the offensive coordinator. And they've done a very good job, a lot better than I expected for uh, the first year at Louisville. Uh, always respected Brom as a coach. He can be kind of hokey. He's very emotional. There's many viral videos of him just screaming his lungs off, getting hyped and throwing chairs in the locker room to hype up his his team. So he is definitely an excitable guy. Normally, I would say Louisville would be prime for an upset. They are nine and one. It is an away game for them. Miami's trying to salvage their season a bit, uh, and I think it's safe to say this is a very disappointing season compared to what Hurricane fans were expecting. Uh, but because you, the Hurricanes just don't have a quarterback right now, and you and I have ripped Crystal Ball ever since the Georgia Tech game. I think it just comes down to two things. When you have the team with the better quarterback and the better coach, usually wins these games. So I'm going with Louisville. Yeah, I'm going to pick Louisville. It, it's an interesting line for me. The last I saw, um, it, the line was just around Pickham. Um, and I texted one of my friends who's a Hurricane season ticket holder. And I said, without looking, what would you think the line was on the game? Um, and he said, Louisville minus six. Um, and when I told him that it was even money, he said, I've never bet against the Hurricanes in my life, but I might this week. Um, so because of that, I'm picking Louisville. 
Um, I think Louisville is the the shocker of the year right now. If you told me, I mean, I like Jack Plummer last year. Um, I like Brom as a coach. You bring a quarterback and coach connection. Um, I think you're this is going to be something that you see teams start doing. Um, if they're looking for a quarterback, maybe bring over a coach um, that could bring a quarterback with him or uh, te- or coaches themselves when they take new jobs. Um, we'll try to take similar quarterbacks from their systems with them. Um, but Louisville's a good football team. However, however, if you look at their schedule, they've beaten Georgia Tech barely, Indiana barely. Um, they beat Murray State in Boston College pretty well. Um, I think their signature win uh, was probably that at NC State game. I think that was a Friday night game. Um, their wins against Notre Dame and Duke were coming off weird situations for both of those teams. Um, and both of those games were at home. Um, and then they got blown out by Pitt um, at Pitt. And Pitt's terrible this year. Um, and then they beat the two Virginia teams. So while Louisville is 9-1, and one, they are one of the top teams in the country right now. Um, it's a little less impressive, I think, than it shows. They've won the games they should win. Um, I think the Kentucky game next year is going to be very interesting. Or, I'm sorry, the Kentucky game next week. Um, but either way, I think Louisville goes in that game 10-1. and one. Um, I can't see Miami beating them. Um, I think the rails have kind of fallen off at Miami, um, and they need, a, they need an offseason to kind of reset themselves. And I know they're not going to do it, but you and I have talked about before. I think they – especially with the money they're paying them, they really got to question Cristobal. Just you're paying for an elite coach and you're just not getting the results. And yes, Miami is kind of a rebuild. I think they have been for a while. I think way too many coaches for Miami have been trying to go back to the U, bring the swag back. They're not really focusing on the fundamentals. Um, So I think it's been an issue for a while, but I just don't think Cristobal has been the right guy. I don't think he was the right guy. In fact, I think, Oregon was happy that Miami took Cristobal off of their hands. I think so, too. I think it's a similar situation. Um, I've been seeing Gus Malzahn's name come up for some college jobs, for some SEC jobs. And I think UCF fans are, although, um, or some UCF fans are hoping um, that those teams take Gus Malzahn off their hands um, so we can move on and kind of upgrade through the subtraction. Speaking of, uh, before we go to the next game, speaking of coaching, I did see uh, your boy Jeff Trailer did interview for the Aggies job, so you might have been ahead of the curve with that one. Yeah, I told you that. That made a lot of sense to me. I think, like both of us said, um, they need somebody that's going to understand um, that system and that school. So yep. um, he makes a lot of sense. Mike Elko makes a lot of sense, too. Yep. Now on to our next game. It's another school that almost thought they had a coaching change coming up, and is it's North Carolina versus Clemson. Of course, it was announced in the last couple of days that Mac Brown will be returning, uh, so it does take away some of the uncertainty. I'm actually looking forward to this game uh, because of Drake May. Drake May, who I think right now, if not a consensus top five pick, he might be a consensus top ten pick, although, honestly, to me, I think he might be a top three lock. Um, but he's having a great year, 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. And I have been impressed after a rough start, Cade Klubnick has developed for Clemson. They are coming off of two two wins. Uh, Of course, the big one being against Notre Dame. They did have a bit of a blowout against Georgia Tech last week. And then North Carolina is coming off of an overtime victory against Duke. Um, And as much as we talk about Drake May, Amarian Hampton has 13 rush touchdowns. They go as he goes. 
I got Carolina winning this. I just think while Clemson has recovered a bit, something just doesn't feel right about them. It feels like even with Club Nick's development, they still rely on Phil Maffa to carry the team and make things easier for Club Nick. And I think North Carolina will know that. I think North Carolina has been the better coached team this year. And honestly, at the end of the day, I'm not betting against a quarterback who is going to be a top five pick in the NFL, especially when he's trying to go out on top. So this just feels like a Carolina win to me. So I have no idea for the life of me why this line um, is Carolina plus seven and a half. Um, That's very weird. um, And that smells of a trap. Um, I think a lot of people are going to look at that and say, obviously, Carolina is the ranked team. They're eight and two. They have the better quarterback. Um, they're going to win the game. Um, I before we did this, before I looked into this, um, I was going to pick Carolina, um, but simply because of the line itself, um, I'm going to pick Clemson to win the game. All right. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. It just kind of kind of feels weird. And I'm interested because I believe this year's the first year the ACC has changed their. Um, championship format where there's no longer divisions so i believe this uh this in the last game we picked i believe it's probably coming down to north carolina and louisville to see who plays florida state in the uh, acc title game no um yeah well it looked like i I looked at it a little earlier um there are a lot of teams kind of bunched up at the top of the acc um so i don't i'm not going to speculate on the tiebreakers um it looks like from what i see if Florida State wins and Louisville wins, that's it. Um, but if Louisville loses, uh, you have North Carolina, NC State, and Virginia Virginia Tech all sitting there at four and two. Um, and if they all somehow get to six and two, I don't know what happens with a four way tie. It would, I would assume it would go to Louisville because I know well Louisville does have the head to head at least with uh, NC State. I don't know about the rest, but. Random, but shout out to NC State. It always feels like you you forget about them, but uh, Dave Doran always has them as an eight to nine win team. It seems like, and you don't, especially when you're like one of those mid level Power Five schools, you never want to take that for granted. No, not at all. And I mean, hey, anytime any of these schools um, have a good year, that don't usually have a good year, you have to you have to respect that. Now, you were talking about weird lines. Next game is one that kind of shocked me. is Washington versus Oregon State. And Oregon State is actually favored by two. Uh, my theory there is because Washington had a fairly tough mental win, even and it was at home against Utah. I watched that game, and I come away impressed with Michael Penix more and more every time I watch him. But even beyond that, my opinion of Roma Duns as a wide receiver just grows too to the point where I might have him as my number two receiver right now in the draft. He's impressing me that much. Um, Oregon State, Jonathan Smith has done a great job as alma mater, took a program that by many was considered the worst Power Five school in the country, Power Five job. I don't think people realize how tough it is to get anybody to go to Corvallis and he's made them into a, into a consistent bowl team. Both these teams have rivalry, big rivalry games next week. Washington has the apple cup against Washington state. 
another place that's tough to get recruits. And Oregon State has the Civil War against Oregon. So you want to say Washington might be looking ahead, but I think Oregon State is just as much focused on the Ducks. I'm taking Washington because this team... I know everybody says Michigan might be the most consistent team they've seen all year, but even as a Michigan fan, I look, and I just, seeing Washington, that team just is scary to me. They seem like a team on a mission, both offensively and defensively. Kalen DeBoer has done a great job turning that team, that program around in two years. Again, another guy where if big jobs open, not that Washington's small, but he's going to be up for jobs that open, and it's something that's been said for years. Washington is a sleeping giant in the national picture. And with them going to the big 10 next year or whatever, we're now the big 16 or however many people are in the conference. Um, they could surprise people. I'm not, ex- I'm excited, but not excited to see them next year in a big 10, but Michael Penix is my Heisman winner right now. I don't think it's close, even though we do got a shout out, shout out Jaden Daniels, who I, I don't care what anybody says. You and I were the first two to put him on the Heisman. Heisman watch list and no one can tell me otherwise, but I think Washington wins it this week. I, I just think they're just such a focused team that they aren't letting anybody in that, in that conference stop them from getting to the, to the playoff. Yeah, no way. You can look at this as a coming out party for Penix um, or a, not a, not a coming out party because people know who he is, um, but more of a solidifying um, the fact that he's going to be the Heisman trophy winner this year. Um, Washington will win this game. Uh, Oregon State, like I said a lot about um, earlier when I was talking about Arizona, uh, what a good year for them, building off of what they did last year. Um, getting Yui Ungalale, whatever his name is, um, getting him in there um, was big for them, was a big boost, even though they had a solid quarterback last year. Um, I, I think Washington wins this game. Um, I think Washington wins this game by a couple scores. I think Penix has another game, a big game. Um, and we look at this, like I said, as a, a solidifying game um, for his Heisman trophy. Yep. I, I agree with that. And uh, just cause I wanted to bring it up. Did you see the news about uh, the future of the uh, PAC 12 where the PAC two is they're calling them now with Washington state and Oregon state? No, I didn't see that. So the judge ruled that effective immediately, even though there's teams in the conference, Washington state and Oregon state are the only two schools that have seats on the board so they can make whatever decisions they want. Now, of course, they just every, themselves in the championship game. I was going to say they can't do that because it was told if they acted in bad faith to the other schools, there'd be an issue. But what the two did is because they just had to agree with themselves is starting next year, they have agreed to what they're considering a partnership with the Mountain West, where what it will be is. After two years, it's going to be a partnership for two years, and I believe they said it's going to be for um, conference games, basically. I don't think Washington State and Oregon State are going to be eligible for the title game, but after two years, the Pac-2 can absorb the the Mountain West into the Pac-12 rather than them joining the Mountain West. So what that would do, or they can do, they can absorb all the schools for no penalty, or they can just be selective. So it is very possible within three seasons, not only will Boise State, who many think should be a power five school, be a power five school, 
not only will San Diego State potentially be a Power 5 school, and that's a school many think should be a Power 5 school and they want to be a Power 5 school, but you could see Air Force, Colorado State, Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico, San Jose State, UNLV, Utah State, and Wyoming all be considered Power 5 schools uh, by 2026-2027. See, the, the thing to me is I think that will actually dilute the, the conference. I don't think it'll have the effect that they think it will. I think they'll turn into an um, American conference-level conference. I think, it'll, I think it'll lower the two teams that are currently the Pac-2. I think it'll raise the teams a little bit that are Mountain West. Um, I don't really see the benefit of doing this for Oregon State um, and Washington State. I know they've been trying to join um, other. Con- I know they tried to I think join the. Uh, t- think they tried to join the ACC with like Stanford, Cal, and them, and they were basically told, "Piss off." Um, I don't think they have the academics for it. And those are two, like I said, those two schools, fine in the Pac-12, but they don't have the greatest facilities. They don't have the greatest campus. They are arguably the worst two jobs in power five in term when you consider everything but they are good for a group of five school um so i do think like you said it may dilute the power five but i do think it'll raise the profile of the other schools whether it's the new pac 12 or it's the mountain west so it is interesting but i do i do get a kick of the idea of schools like wyoming and a unlv um potentially competing for a playoff spot. That just makes me laugh. Well, I don't think it's going to, when I, when I said dilute the product, I don't, I don't necessarily mean the entire power five itself. I don't think that conference will be considered. I think there's more of a chance that they just go to a power four than there is that that conference matters that much. Potentially, but they do still, the other thing worth mentioning is the PAC 12 had a deal with Apple TV, which is a big money deal because Apple's trying to get into everything. They kept the rights to that deal. So they still got that big money deal. Uh, now, whether okay. Apple wants to stay with them, because, you know, there's a difference having U- U- USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, um, and then just having these schools. So that may change as well. Fair. But, but going on into the pros, before we get into our picks, we were, like I said, we were recording la- on Monday during the Buffalo-Denver game. That was quite an interesting game um, that did have – we'll talk more about Buffalo later because they're actually in our picks, but it changed the playoff scenarios for us, directly impacted. Jordan, you went on the record in multiple shows to say you do believe we are going to win our next five games, correct? Yes, I do. Um, I, do. I do. Okay. So I did see a stat, and I think the math checks out. If Miami wins five more games and Buffalo wins and loses, just loses two more, Miami locks up the division. That's cool. I love to see that. Yeah, so there is a very real possibility. So we've talked about Buffalo's schedule, but just to remind everybody, they have the Jets, and we are going to be picking that game in a second, in a few minutes, but you also then have... The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. I could easily see them losing after the Jets losing the next two. We could have the division locked up realistically by the time we play 
So let's see. We have Raiders this week. Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets. We could have the division uh, locked up by the time we play the Cowboys Christmas Eve. I like that. So it is possible, and it would be interesting. We we obviously don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that is very realistic. And then just to kind of talk about last night as well, Joe Burrow, unfortunately, has ligament damage in his wrist. I didn't see what happened, but I I did see that uh, see hours before the game, it came out that he had some type of device on his wrist, and now the NFL is investigating it because he wasn't on the injury report, and it turns out this has been an on, a lingering injury, so that can cause issues. But with Burrow now out for the year, I think it's fairly safe to assume the Bengals are no longer a playoff threat. Yeah, I'd say that's the end of their season. Deshaun Jackson is now out for the Browns for the year, getting a shoulder injury. That defense makes it different, but they're probably not realistic anymore either, um, just because it looks like they'll be doing going with P.J. Walker the rest of the year. And then, of course, as you mentioned uh, to me before the show, Mark Andrews, who got hurt last night, it turns out it is a cracked fibula and ligament damage, so he's out for a while and is good. As the Ravens' offense has continued to develop, the passing game still goes through Mark Andrews. So I think when you look at teams fighting for that one seed, at least on our end, you were looking at us, the Ravens, in Kansas City. So with those injuries last night, there is a realistic possibility that we're looking at it becoming a two horse, possibly becoming a two horse race for that for that one seed in the first round by. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, you, you really want to put yourself in a position to get as many home playoff games as possible. Um, we've talked about Miami's success at home over the last couple of years, um, and I think it's just about winning the games that are in front of you. Um, the Dolphins have, although uh, the media spins it in a different way. Um, I think the Dolphins have had done or have done a good job of winning the games they're supposed to win, um, and going from there. So if we continue to win the games we're supposed to win, um, then everything else should figure itself out. Yep, no, I agree. But now it's seeing how it, how it shapes up. We're into a realistic situation where that Buffalo game could be a buy, and we could get healthy for the playoffs. So. Something more for us all to look forward to, hopefully. But we'll get into our game this weekend in a few moments. Let's go into picks. And I did want to try and get teams we don't really talk about uh, too much with the picks. Uh, we have been talking a lot about the Houston Texans recently. So I want to, uh, funny enough, so I do, but we haven't pick, talked about the Arizona Cardinals, who they are playing. So the first game is going to be Arizona versus Houston. I said last week how Houston could easily make a run towards the playoffs, maybe even the division, honestly, especially after uh, the game they had this past weekend. CJ Stroud's already got the Rookie of the Year locked up. I believe you and I both agree on that. But the Cardinals, coming off of a nice win. Kyler Murray's back. New Call of Duty came out, so he's probably all fresh for that. Something I did want to mention. The Jets surprisingly released Michael Carter this week, and the Cardinals did get him off waivers. I think, I don't know if he'll play this week, but I do think he brings up the talent level and the Cardinals are getting James Conner back if they didn't already. You're starting to see Kyler makes a big difference. Uh, Trey McBride had a couple of big plays as a tight end. He was a tight end I liked a lot coming out of 
the draft, something you'll hear a lot from me in the next, it seems like every draft. Um, but I am picking the Cardinals because I think at this point, they just have a very good vibe right now because Kyler's back. I think people are looking, excuse me, I think people are looking past them anointing Houston a little too early. And I think Houston might be buying in to that a bit. So I'm actually going with the Cardinals because I feel like they have a little bit more momentum too. And it's going to be an upset this week. Yeah, I'm going to pick the uh, Houston Texans. Uh, I think Houston wins this game by a couple scores. Um, They're playing well. Um, Yeah, Arizona does have a better vibe about them. Um, but I just don't think they're very talented. Uh, I think the Texans can match that good vibe and have some talent. Um, if Damian Pierce plays, uh, I'm fascinated to see what the split is between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary um, after Singletary had a big game last week. Um, but either way, C.J. Stroud will figure it out. Um, I could see Arizona going up early uh, and then Houston making a little play and winning the game late. Yep. And just again to say about the Cardinals, um, I do think because of how bad they are, I don't think people realize how good of a coaching job uh, Gannon has done there. He, I've seen them a couple times, and they keep the games close for two, uh, for two to three quarters, and then just like you said, the talent level just falls off. Um, but yeah, they're definitely one to watch, especially now they got two first round picks. Uh, ironically, one from Houston. I think they're one that could very quickly become a danger team going forward in the NFC. Yeah, I could see that coming. I could see that. I could see that coming for sure. Now to go back to the Monday night game from this week and talk about Buffalo as they are playing everybody's favorite te- uh, second team, the New York Jets. Jordan, what the hell happened to the Buffalo Bills this year? <laughs> oh, I love seeing them suffer. Um, what happened to them is that uh, Leslie Frazier left, and I think he brought a little, a lot of stability. Um, they had a ton of injuries, um, and I think that uh, they just assumed that whatever happened, uh, Josh Allen would figure it out. And that's not the case. He has to make the right decision, um, but he's not. So, I mean, they, they're just they're not playing the same way they're playing. Um, I do think they win this game. Um, I think firing uh, Ken Dorsey was the wrong move. Um, I think they also fucked him over a little bit um, because I think he was in a position where he might have gotten a head coaching job. Um, And now this kind of bumps him a step back. Um, I I just don't really understand uh, the move at this point. I think it was a panic move. I think he's a scapegoat. Um, I do think they beat the Jets. Because I think when a move like that happens, you see a team play with a little more motivation for a couple weeks. Um, but that's temporary. The Bills have flaws, um, but they're not going to um, – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs at this point? No. I think I think they lose to Kansas City and in in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I do have that'll the, all put them away. Yeah. I do think that uh, they win this weekend. Um, I just don't think the Jets, like the, you can see it now, the Jets' rot locker room is starting to turn against Salah about playing Zach Wilson every week. Um, 
I kind of understand firing Ken Dorsey. Something was fundamentally broken with the offense. I don't know if I fully blame Dorsey, uh, but I do think, and I said this before, I do think he sometimes calls plays too much to win Josh Allen the MVP rather than to win games. And he just completely forgets about the running game. Uh, That being said, if they lose to the Jets again, I will laugh really hard, even though I prefer to see the Jets lose all the time. Um, I think Joe Brady is still a guy who um, is living off his LSU year, who was not a good offensive coordinator for Carolina. And um, I think uh, since he's been at Buffalo as a quarterback coach, I actually think Josh Allen's regressed a bit. So they may get a short bump, but I don't think it's going to be long-term. I actually think Brady's kind of proven himself to be a bit of a fraud that relied too much on talent. But I do think they will win this weekend against the Jets. And then that'll be their that'll be their last win for a couple weeks and potentially get them out of the playoffs. And then let's move on to the team that beat them on Monday, the Broncos against the Vikings. Broncos have turned their season around a bit since we uh, we beat them. Everybody thought Vance Joseph was getting fired. He's actually turned that defense around quite a bit. It does have to do with uh, Justin Simmons getting healthy. Uh, Vikings out of nowhere have won four straight. And I, watching him play, very surprised by that. Justin Jefferson got hurt, but Jordan Addison's come in and been great. Just kept them going. I actually think the Vikings will keep the momentum going. I think the vibes with the Vikings are great right now. Dobbs has stepped in after a trade and has proven to be a better quarterback than I thought he was. I thought some of the hype he was getting from Arizona was ridiculous. Uh, But even though like the Broncos have been playing okay, Russell Wilson's playing better, but every time I see them play, you can still see he's not the same Russ from Seattle. The talent's just not there offensively. And Minnesota just has a, the defense is starting to get flow system. I think the Vikings win. I just think they're, a bit better, especially offensively than Denver. Um, so I think when you talk about the vibes, I think it's interesting because both of these teams to me have similar vibes. Um, the Broncos, when we did our midseason review, um, the Broncos were a team, if you remember, that I said that I could see making a little bit of a run. You did. Um, and I said, don't, I said, don't laugh, but I said, I, I think I could see it happen um, because they have veteran pieces and they don't have a first round pick. So there's no reason to tank. They, um, they have reasons to play, um, a, a lot of reputation, um, on the line for them. Uh, and I think you're going to see, um, throughout the rest of the season, um, them try to play hard. Um, I think the Broncos win this game. Um, I think the Broncos win this game close a lot like last game. Um, but I, I think they do win this game. The next game before the Dolphins-Raiders breakdown is the Chiefs versus the Eagles. Two best teams right now in the NFL, arguably. Uh, Eagles, I think, are actually the best team right now. Feels like they, uh, they do have some injuries on defense. They still, at times, feel like they sleepwalk through things. But it does seem like they're starting to get that offense going again. Um, I'm picking the Eagles. Chiefs defense is really good. Came away very impressed with them when we played them. But it just feels like they don't have enough offensively to keep things going. And even though they have a good offensive line, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor have proven to be a bit 
of a downgrade from last year. And against that defensive line, you can't of the of Philadelphia, you can't have a downgrade. And just Eagles just have more big play uh, weapons offensively. If the Chiefs win, it would have to be a defensive game where they slow the game down, use Isaiah Pacheco a lot. I don't think that's what Kansas City wants to do. I don't think that's what Andy Reid's ever wanted to do. So I'm picking the Eagles to win this game. Yeah, I actually thought I was going to be going a little um, off the board by picking the Eagles, but it looks like um, we're going to agree here. Um, A lot like you said, and I'll keep it short, um, the Eagles were more impressive to me uh, when we played them than the Chiefs. So um, I'm going to take the Eagles. I think they are able to run the ball um, on the interior very well against Kansas City, Um, and I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I think they're going to be able to control the clock. Um, I also think they have a lot of momentum um, and a lot of want to win this game after losing the Super Bowl last year. Uh, I think they do it. Um, I think they do it uh, by two scores. Um, and I think that we look at the Eagles kind of as the clear number one team in the league after this game. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. And of course, now it's time for the game everybody wants to talk about. Your Miami Dolphins return from their bye and host the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, the Raiders had a coaching change. Josh McDaniels, who seems to become a worse head coach this every time he gets a uh, a job the second year. Denver started fine, fell off the rails year two. He was okay with the Vegas last year. Everything just fell off the rails this year. In his place, you have Antonio Pierce, who has Vegas winning two games. Now, I will say this. The games are against a very, very bad Giants team that has completely imploded and against the Jets. I came away from the Jets. I didn't watch the Giants game. That's Watching the Giants is just brutal. But watch watching play the Jets is brutal, too. But it was on national television, so gave a watch. I did not come away impressed with Vegas. Um, it just feels like, again, Zach Wilson cost the Jets the game. I do think Vegas is doing the right thing in playing Aiden O'Connell. You do want to see if you have anything in him, especially with a projected strong quarterback class coming up. Want to see if if you uh, will be on the market for them, or if you can get a year, get a buy a year, and start a rebuild. The only part about the Raiders that really scares me is Max Crosby. We mentioned during the midseason review that if you went to a fourth candidate for defensive player of the year it is Crosby having a great year I think he'll be excited because it did kind of go viral he talked about during the draft process that he hated his visit to Miami hated coach Flores and made sure his agent made it clear that he did not want to go there um so that's going to kind of be a story at least in my mind on the flip side you have a Dolphins team that has a defense that is getting healthier, is getting used to the Vic Fangio defense. I think they are going to confuse O'Connell a lot. Unfortunately, we are without Robert Hunt again this week. It was announced. We do get River Craycraft back, and it does look like uh, HN will be back this weekend as well, which I do think makes a difference. Like I said, the All-22 from Kansas City really showed how much of a downgrade Ahmed is from HN. He was just missing way too many holes. I don't think this game is going to be particularly close in the end. I do think we may be a little slow to start the game, just because, unfortunately, it's become a bit of a trend. I think, I've said this before, I think River Craycraft does make a difference. He is that third-down safety valve. 
He's also a guy that Tua looks to a lot when we get into the red zone uh, closer to the goal line. And he does have, I believe, three uh, touchdowns in the last two years with Tua when he's when we get inside the uh, 10 yard line. So he is someone I look to have a good game coming back. I'm picking the Dolphins to win and pull away. I will say 41-17. Damn, man. Now I got to change my score. Um, yours was utterly close to mine. Um, I think that I don't think we come out slow. Um, I think we come out with a lot of energy. Um, and sometimes that energy ends up well, and sometimes that energy doesn't. Um, for the Dolphins, I think it's going to end up well. I think we're going to try to establish um, Achan a lot back to the offense, especially early in the game. Um, I could see him getting the first drive. Um, I just think that this Raiders. Uh, momentum is definitely going to come to an end. Um, you see this a lot with new teams, with new coordinators. They shake things up, and you bring in a rah-rah type guy. Um, but you're, the, the Raiders are playing a team this week that's very schematically sound, um, and I think it's going to confuse them a lot. Um, I actually have the Dolphins winning 41-10. Um, I think Aiden O'Connell does get a, a touchdown in there somehow. Um, I think they're able to run the ball a little bit. Um, but I think our defense is going to come out so strong. I think that our offense is going to be able to score um, relatively at will once the game gets going. Um, so I, I think this is going to be domination for the Dolphins and, and really um, set the tone that we're back. Yeah. Talking about the run game, it does, it does seem like Josh Jacobs has kind of gotten his groove back a little. Of course, part of that is because he held out in the preseason, but he's had a couple good games in a row, and the, their offense goes as he goes. So I do expect some them to kind of shorten the game a bit because even as the defense has improved, we still do have some struggles against the running game. But in the in today's NFL, you need a quarterback who can make a play. So I don't think O'Connell will make enough plays to keep it close. And when he does, I just don't think the I just don't think he's going to be able to handle pressure because I don't think the Raiders have the greatest offensive line when it comes to pass blocking. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think I think they're a little overmatched. Um, and I think it's going to show. Yep. Alrighty, so that we are both expecting a fairly fun game for Miami. Maybe not so for Vegas fans. But it's now time for us to put someone onto the list. And today's recipient is Steven Ruiz. People may not know who Steven Ruiz is. I didn't know who Steven Ruiz was. Yep, no, he kinda, I didn't either. He kind of went viral this week because of this. But he put out his quarterback rankings on the ringer this week, and he had Tua 13th. And his reasoning on a podcast for Tua being lower was he said he will look for any and all reasons to discredit Tua. Huh? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, it's it just he's just the lo- the latest in a long line of people who probably had a take that Tua did not have a good arm and that Tua was holding the Dolphins back. We've said before, if you want to have criticism of Tua, that's fine. There's things you can criticize about and critique about Tua's game. But just wanting to discredit him for any success when it's been proven that under Mike McDaniels, Tua is the prime reason for any success we have, you you just can't do it. It's... You don't say stupid shit. You just can't say stupid stuff and try and make people 
try and discredit someone who's having a good year. And eventually, someone just has to answer this to me, uh, Jordan. Why does everybody hate Tua so much? He's not a. It's not like he's a bad guy. I think it just became popular to hate him, and he's proving people wrong. Um, and people don't like being proven wrong, so they're gonna take shots and nitpick and do what they have to do um, to to change the narrative to make themselves look right. Um, Tua's a good guy. He's he's a great teammate. He's a good Samaritan. He doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't get in trouble. Um, and there's really I, I don't understand why we can't just all understand um, that we're watching somebody improve and excel. Yeah. Nope, I agree with that. But we are on to the weekend. We got Thanksgiving coming up soon. Going to be an interesting week next week because it's a, it's a Black Friday game for us. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime on on Black Friday. Look at that. Yep, 3.30, I believe, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for me. I've got a special assignment down in Maryland tomorrow, so everybody follow us on Twitter. You will see what I am doing, and you can also check out articles on listpodcast.com. Jordan, I believe you, ha- you just had a new one come out today, didn't you? Uh, I didn't have one come out today. I had one come out yesterday. Um, I actually had a couple come out this week, but the one I wanted to promote um, is actually a new segment that I'm going to start doing weekly um, where I ask AI um, to just simply predict the Dolphins game. Um, AI gave the Dolphins a 30-17 to 17 win over the Raiders this week um, and gave some reasons and a breakdown um, that I think the people would like. So uh, go to listpodcast.com. There's new stuff going up weekly. I know our mock draft is going to get done at some point um, before we record again. So go check it out and check out the great things we're doing. Mock draft should actually be up at some point in the next uh, couple of days, maybe over the weekend. Uh, Mr. Mr. S and I actually did one, did it yesterday, did it yesterday. Oh. So be on the, be on lookout for that. Uh, some interesting picks for sure, but I think people will like that. Uh, speaking of Mr. S, his picks for the weeks this weekend will be out as well. And just a reminder, he did go five and one in his picks this past weekend. He has a winning record, as he will sure to remind everybody and wants us to remind everybody. And I will remember, remind everybody every chance I get that this is after starting 0-6 the first week he did picks. So what a great recovery. So definitely make sure to check out Mr. X's picks when they come out. Uh, I believe they'll, either, they'll be out either tonight or tomorrow morning. Awesome. I'm always proud of Mr. S. Um, I hope one day we get to meet him. Um, but it's... He's just one of the, the figures behind the scenes. Um, the people don't get to hear. We take all the credit for what goes on here. Um, but there are so many people in the background that make this thing tick. Yep, absolutely. And uh, shout out to Joe for stepping in as the producer this uh, fine Friday afternoon. And it's time for us to sign off. Time to everybody have a great weekend. If, we, if you don't get a chance to listen to our show next, next week, have a great Thanksgiving with the family. Eat a lot and enjoy the next couple weeks. So for Jordan, I'm Brett. We are the list. We are watching. Joe, hit that music, buddy.